Welcome to episode four of Stiff Neck Radio, brought to you by Stiff Neck Studio, your best option for quality commission miniature painting. I'm Will, your host, and this week I'm joined by Stiff Neck Studio lead, Wes Cogdell. Introduce yourself, Wes. <laughs> Sorry, I was rearranging my paints. Uh, I never stop painting. That's the key to the studio. But yeah, I'm Wes Cogdell. I'm studio lead and then studio owner. Uh, great to be on the show, Will. Appreciate it. And uh, sorry I couldn't have gotten on here sooner. No, it's great. Um, I mean, I, I, it, I know that you're super busy with a lot of stuff. Um, and you, you had to move recently um, over there. But uh, maybe uh, tell everybody about yourself and, you know, like why you move around occasionally and, uh, and your <laughs> occasionally. story of like how, how, how you got into to painting um, how you got in, how you got into 40 K for the first time or miniatures in general. Okay. So, um, disclaimer, Will, is this, um, PG 13 rated R? Like what kind of talk can we have on I have here? this, I have this as mature on, on the YouTubes and on the Apple podcast. So all right, yeah. mature it is <laughs> no filters. Could you get the raw and cut version of me, which I would say is probably the best version. Uh, let's see. Doing the uh, the saga that is Stiff Neck Studio, I guess um, I started painting when I was, geez, I was little. I was probably eight and nine, eight or nine years old. Um, my parents just went through a divorce. We moved to a new town, and the first friend I made in that new town, um, his name was Matt, and he played D and D with his dad. Um, they had a lot of the old metal. Well, they were lead at that time. Ralph Partha miniatures. Um, and so naturally being, you know, my only and best friend at the time, I started to get into D and D and I liked the role-playing aspect, but I was more interested in the metal miniatures and, uh, I started kind of messing around and painting them with, uh, you know, gloss testers paints like everybody does when they first start off painting cause they don't know any better. And, uh, from the age of like eight until high school, me and Matt were best friends and just as we progressed through the years, um, he kept focusing on D&D, but as I went to the local hobby shop, um, I noticed this game called Warhammer. And uh, they had plastic models, which I thought was way better um, than metal to work with. And so I bought my first Warhammer box set when I, I think I was, well, my mom bought it for me when I was like 9 or 10 years old. And I still remember what it was like, uh, a box of black orcs uh, and they were all the exact same pose and I think there were 10 of them but they were plastic and I painted those and then you know obviously Matt my buddy um, was interested in why I bought them and what game this was so you know we bought like one of the first Warhammer Fantasy um, box games together we split it and it was High Elves versus Goblins and there was like a gra- do you remember oh, this? Battle of Skull Pass or what? yeah it was like there was a cardboard cut, uh, cutout of Grom, the Goblin King, or whatever, on his chariot, and then there was a, a cardboard cutout of like an elf lord on a, a griffin, if I remember correctly. Yeah, um, yeah. And then the rest of the models were, you know, plastics. And then there was like a there was like a couple houses in there that were in you know, cardboard um, color kits that you had to fold and put together. Um, and it was at that point that I absolutely fell in love with uh, Warhammer and Games Workshop products. So, um, and it was just a hobby for me up until, uh, I was probably 
uh, 19 years old, I decided to join the military. And this was right before 9-11 happened. Um, so kind of fell off the Warhammer wagon for about three years. In that time period, I had my uh, f- my son. I'd gotten married and I've been deployed to Afghanistan three, four times um, in three years. So, I mean, it was a very, very hectic time um, in my life. So just didn't have time for Warhammer, but I had a huge Tupperware container full of these Warhammer models that were painted pretty well and, you know, a few D&D models. And uh, one day I remember my now ex-wife, um, for a good reason, <laughs> she had told me, she's like, yeah, I know, I hear you chuckling. Hey, man. Uh, she decided that I didn't need that big Tupperware container full of models and that I needed to sell them. And uh, you know how it is, happy wife, happy life. So I was like, fine, whatever, I'll sell them. So eBay had just started emerging at that time as kind of like a, a thing to do. Um, and just to date this, this is before iPhones, this is before smartphones. I still had a pager when I was in high school. So the phone that I had at the time was like a Nokia Razor flip phone. Yeah. So, I mean, just to kind of give you a time period of when this is happening. So you can know that like eBay wasn't that big of a deal then. Um, so um, I took all those models. I took photos of them, not even good photos, uh, <laughs> and listed them all on eBay. And then I remember me and my wife at the time and then my son, we went on a Disney cruise for like a week, came back. And obviously I hadn't been able to check, you know, how these listings were doing. So I logged on to eBay and uh, I was shocked to see that everything had bids on it. And I had a whole bunch of, you know, emails or messages on the eBay system asking like, hey, do you take commissions? Are you interested in painting other stuff? And it was right then at that moment that I, I, A, I had leverage against my wife at the time to say, hey, look, I can keep painting because people want to buy this stuff. And, of course, she she agreed at that point because she saw the, the dollar signs. Uh, it had nothing to do with my enjoyment. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, she uh, she's like basically gave me the green light to, you know, kind of pitter around with this. And I cleaned out a closet in our little two-bedroom uh, house on base, and I use that closet as my studio, um, aka the hot box, because putting lights in there and working in this tiny little space, it got really hot in there. Um, so I started taking on a few commissions in, and then I had to go to a local game store, and uh, I was playing, and but mostly painting, and I ran into the studio's uh, now very first uh, artist that we ever had, and he's still with us today. Um, his nickname is Tarzan. And at the time I was just, I was paying him cash to just assemble models for me. And then I was painting them. Um, and then he got, um, better and better at painting. I taught him how to use an airbrush and kind of coached him on a few things. And I mean, he, he's a natural artist. He just needed a little guiding to speed things up and, uh, do work like that. And then next thing I know, he was off to the races, you know, painting full armies. Um, so then it was me and him. And then, uh, geez, the last, I've been in the army 18 years now. So the studio has technically been operating for 15 years, but we really, I really only took it to market and really got on social media and started traveling to conventions and advertising and, um, taking on a lot more clients, um, in the last five years or so. Um, and that was mostly due to my career in the military. 
Yeah, because you were able to like settle down a little bit more where you're not going all over the place all the time. Because I think what since since I've met you, you're on what your third duty station if you count where we were when we first met. Yeah, I mean, if you think about it, uh, see, we met at Texas A&M. Yeah. And so I had moved from Japan to Kansas to Texas A&M, back to Kansas that summer, then back to Texas A&M, then to Alabama, then to Kansas City, and now I'm back in Alabama. I don't know how many moves that is, but it's an insane amount in less than essentially four years. Yeah. So, yeah, busy, busy. So, um, so I think that brings us up to to now. So, what all events um, do we go to? Because I mean, I don't go to everything. Um, I've only been to the one Adepticon, but maybe tell everybody all the all the places that the Sifnex Studio um, has been going to in the past. Okay, yeah. Um, well, you, uh, you obviously just mentioned Adepticon, um, and we actually start. We only started attending Adepticon as a vendor and instructor the last couple of years. Um, absolutely love that event. Um, and I mean, none of the artists can make it to all the conventions. I mean, every one of you guys has really busy lives, and then the cost, you know, flying and uh, where I can't offset costs, uh, it, it does add up. Uh, so even only making it to one or two is still awesome. But we go to Adepticon uh, every year now. We go to uh, Nova Open every year. We go to ATC down in Chattanooga, which is the Warhammer Team Tournament um, every year, which you know, I'll put a plug in for them here. Uh, the last few years that I've been there, they've been kind of like in this not-so-great government building. Um, they didn't have room for traditional convention activities like vendors and painting classes. It was completely focused on um, just smash face, you know, 40K playing. Um, yeah, now, it's like a gym, right? Where it's like yeah, it's, AC, it's, but it's just not, it's like a metal roof or whatever. And it's Yeah, yep, that's exactly what it is. I mean, Chris Pryor, he's the guy that he's the, the guy I'll pin the rose on for putting that event together and running it and doing a fantastic job. Um, but yeah, he has outgrown or outgrown <laughs> that uh, facility, and so I'm, I'm. He told me that they will be moving to an actual convention center with the hotel connected to it, um, like many of the other larger conventions, which um, paves the way for Stiff Neck Studio to get in there and teach some of our uh, really cool painting classes, and then run the booth and the prize wheel, and um, possibly hosting a painting competition down there as well. So, yeah, I got then, to see you on the stream. I, know, I mean, I was making fun of you because I was watching oh on the live stream. And yeah. I could... Go ahead. You still there, Will? Yeah, I had to mute myself because my kid came over and said, good night. Yeah, give me those. Thank you. Um, <laughs> and uh, and yeah, I was, I, was, I was making fun of you on there, um, sending you messages and, and going back and forth with the... Uh, the long war guys um, yeah. about it because they were there too doing running the stream um and uh, uh he was he was catching some uh some candid shots of you rob was 
Um, and so that was a that was a, a fun time watching it. I couldn't see if you were sweating. I just assumed you were because I heard that it was insanely hot in there. It's but, it was uh, hot, and I was wearing a black shirt, a black stiff neck studio shirt. I mean, everybody in there is sweating. They yeah, have the it's, AC cranked. It's just when you have that many warm bodies and it's humid because it's Chattanooga in summer. I mean, there's not really a lot you can do. Yeah, and essentially what I've heard is everyone it's it's super hot, but no one everyone's like yeah but it's awesome yeah you just accept it right it's one of those things where it's like everyone's like yeah it's super hot but you get over it because it's a great time and it's this amazing ultra competitive environment that uh that's just really fun to be in if if you're if you're that really competitive person um that it's a a really great fun time to go with a bunch of your buddies and and try to smash face, but uh, that even even this year, because you know, 40k has gotten so much more popular in the last few years with the release of Eighth Edition and and GW engagement in general. That uh, you know, still more than half the teams were were not super competitive teams. That like maybe you got blown out game you know round one yeah. by some team that's super competitive. But after that, you know, you know, you win about fifty percent of your games because you're you're going against people like you for the most part. That are that are running just okay lists and yeah, filthy and casuals. Everyone. Yeah, all the filthy filthy casuals. Um, so uh, yeah, uh, and then so ATC doing that. So it's Adepticon, ATC, and and Nova Open. Um, I think are yep. the the ones you, you mentioned. And and I really wanted to get to 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 Nova Open. I wasn't able to this year. I heard it's a a, a great party. Yeah, um, it's a it's a really good time. They put on a great event. That's for sure. Yeah, and then Adepticon, I did get to go to, and that was super fun um, because I mean, it, the it, it's almost like the the yearly meetup is what it feels like because there's like more people were at that one for the studio than than yeah. the other ones, and it's uh it's it's kind of like the was it like the company offsite? <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> it, was, it, it was kind of like that to be honest. It was, it was a lot of fun. <laughs> um, and then. I guess uh, going forward, um, trying to do stuff at um, at more events, um, but the the main point is uh, trying to expand this year. Looking for for more artists, right? Uh, yep, we're always on the look for new artists. But um, you know, it, whenever I put out a call, you know, I'll I'll call it a call to arms. Uh, on Instagram and Facebook, like saying, "Hey, you need to send us your portfolio and Instagram." Like, I would say, eighty percent. Not well. I'm gonna let you know what. Let me just let me call a spade a spade. I'm gonna say ninety percent of the people that apply just don't cut it. Um, they don't cut it right now. And I, you know, I'm not saying that they can't. It's just they don't have the years of experience. They don't have a portfolio built up that I can see through Instagram or Facebook um, that really shows me that. Hey, yeah. Not only can you paint one individual model, you can tackle entire armies because that's our bread and butter. And you know, this is kind of a jab to everybody out there. Like, hey, I know there's a lot of really good artists, but anybody can paint one model really, really well in three or four weeks. But when I tell you, hey, you're painting this Tau army and you have six weeks, you need to learn. Uh, that that's a commitment. And uh, all the artists in the studio know that I take our reputation 
extremely seriously, especially I'm a major in the military, and my job in the military is program management. So you can imagine how uh, how tough I can be on our guys. So anybody that wants to join, you you have to be bringing your A game because um, we don't just let anybody on the team because if we start slacking and letting people who can't really cut it get on there, then our deadlines start slipping, the quality starts dropping, and that's just not something I'm ever going to allow to happen. Because that's the number one, right? I mean, you see it with – I mean, every successful company, it's it's about a customer focus and yeah. and delivering to the customer. And and from, from everything you said and, and the way the studio operates, it's about, you know, having excellent quality – quickly uh, and having great communication along the way and all of those require all of the same of all the artists um, which is you need to work quickly you need to work a high quality and you need to communicate all along step away with you um, yep. how everything's are going and so we can commun- do the same thing with for the customer um, because it's all about the person buying the army and making sure that, that they know what's going on because that's that's always the problem with um, that a lot of commission studios get into that I've seen is that you, in the, maybe you hire your buddy or you see someone that has done one army and you're like, hey, can you paint mine too? And then you give your stuff to them. And then six months later, you're, you know, you've sent them a few emails. They're like, no, 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 I'm working on it. I'm working on it. They're like, can you send me pics? Uh, no, not right now. I'll get back to you. Um, you know, and, and sometimes are not the most consistent because they haven't <laughs> done it. Um, as yeah. often and yeah. so that's I think the commitment I've seen because um, I mean we put whip picks up all the time like here's the most yeah. recent tower um, Necron army so yeah well I mean just kind of to speak to that you know my biggest rub with you know commission commission painting studio and I you know I can't, I can't say much because it's exactly how I started there is no barrier to entry um, you know any any dude that can kind of paint can you know post pictures on Instagram um, and say that he's taking commissions and then all of a sudden he sees like Stiff Neck Studio or, you know, any of these other like actual real, like, you know, Den of Imagination or something like that, another real studio. And they're like, okay, well, let me get my little logo made and, you know, like, let me try to do some, you know, Facebook advertising. And, you know, that one guy quickly starts getting commissions and realizes, oh wait, there's a lot more to a studio than just being able to paint. <laughs> you have to be able to communicate. You got to be able to do shipping, international shipping. Got to get your taxes. Like I mean, your photographs. You got to be able to meet deadlines. You got to be able to answer all these emails. You got to be able to respond quickly to clients' changes. Uh, so I mean, it's a lot. And so quickly, you know, this guy might have accepted two, three army commissions. He's you know got commissions backed out through three or four months. And then a uh, girlfriend gets pregnant, wife has a baby, and next thing you know, he's telling people like, hey, you know, thanks for giving me your money, but I can't do the work, or I, I can't finish the project, I'm just going to send you what I got back. And then now these poor clients, you know, they forever have a bad taste in their mouth uh, as far as commission painting goes. So it's just, that's the nature of the beast. You just need a camera and a paintbrush, and boom, you're all of a sudden you're a pro painting studio i mean you see it all the time on ebay all these pro painted models uh, i mean and then i look at their prices for the quality of work that they're asking for and it just i don't know i just laugh which is fine i mean hey sometimes 
you might get somebody that is like, I need a Leviathan Dreadnought painted in ultramarine colors, and I don't care if it looks like it was painted with a cigarette, but um, I'll take it, you know, $500. Yeah. <laughs> but for the vast part, I think the larger part of the community, the clients that we really want in Stiff Next Studio, they know the game. They know what armies they want. They know their tournament build lists. They know what they want magnetized. Like, and they know they want to keep coming back to us because we have quick turnarounds and um, we don't play games. Yeah, so I think that sums it up pretty well. Um, so the next, I think the next event for the studio is going to be Adepticon next year. Is that the next thing? I'm trying to think. Cause... Uh, we might have a little bit of representation at um, the Las Vegas Open. Okay. We probably won't be... Um, we we won't have a vendor booth there because it's a competing painting company, um, and so they won't allow us to have a vendor booth there. But um, we're partnered with several other companies, so we'll probably be there incognito. Okay, and then um, I guess recently for me, um, uh, switch gears and do the, the like the recent recap. So. Uh, I'll start with me first. Is so recently I went to RTT. Um, buddy D David, who's normally on the podcast, um, came in and visited me here at our at our wonderfully full casa um, because my uh, uh, family uh, moved in temporarily to live with us. Uh, my sister and her uh, and her two kids and and four dogs oh, are now uh, living with us. Yeah, um, but it's uh, it's great because now we have uh, you know. A, semi-consistent way to to have a babysitter because we don't we're like pushing our luck too much um you know i mean it's yeah yeah but um and and so he came in he slept in our our lofts we have like a, a trundle bed um that we got from uh my wife's family and uh and we went to uh, an rtt here uh over at uh dragon's lair comics and fantasy which is it's one of my favorite stores. I like the store a lot. Um, so we went over and, and had the monthly RTT that's run by my buddy John Cook, who everyone in Texas that's in the competitive scene probably knows John. Um, great guy, um, co-owner of uh, Wargames Con. And, uh, and uh, normally I help him, him run it, but I, was, I strictly told him that I'm, I'm absolutely not helping run it because my friends in town <laughs> are both going to play. And so I played my custodias that uh, that you painted, and uh, and then I uh, I gave David a half painted hodgepodge of stuff um, so that he could play Blood Angels, and uh, he had um, he never played it before, so he went zero and two, and then and then got a buy in the last round, didn't have someone to play him. Um, for the three-round RTT, but he he went zero and two because he didn't play the army as it was designed. But it was essentially a, a, a blob of Blood Angel Primaris with all the support characters that just walk up the table. It's like Death Guard yeah. that hit you harder like in combat. Yeah, it, it was, I was I was telling him I was like just blob up and you just walk up the table. He's like, but I'm Blood Angels. I'm like, yeah, don't go crazy. Do not split up the blob. They can't kill you because you have a five-up feel no pain. Like it's impossible for them to kill you, um, 
just walk up the table and take the center. And he's like, I don't know. And he split up the blob once and got murdered by in, in turn <laughs> one by a played like three Lord Discordance and three Knight Despoilers and and got almost tabled by it. Um, and though he it actually was a close game in points, um, but that's because it just took so long. But uh, well, I'm going to probably be playing it here um, if I can finish painting it um here soon and play with that at the this next month's rtt at a at a game castle recently opened up in austin which is a a west coast uh chain of gaming stores i think there's like four i think three or four or five of them in california and uh they opened up uh the tournament is going to support 26 players that's pretty Um, good because war games con is providing the terrain and extra tables and so essentially it's it's war games con presents the monthly rtt at game castle is essentially what it is so it's uh it's going to be super fun um and uh sorry already talked to him um you know i got get, got supplies coming in the mail to to have the studio uh sponsor the best painted every month um to get give away some some stuff for that so uh thank you for that yeah, and no uh, the guys will uh, really enjoy it, I think, to uh, to get some high quality uh, brushes and and a few other little little tidbits that I can get. Um, but uh, but yeah, it's gonna be great. I mean, because you have the the War Games Con terrain, which um, especially when you take the the best of the best, like we're doing, because it's it's not ninety tables; it's it's only like fourteen. Um, you know, it's gonna be really good terrain um, because I. The War Games Con train's a little bit, a little bit older. They're doing a lot of upgrades this next year because um, they're going to increase the size of that event by like fifty percent. They're, they're, I think they're going to hit. They were so this year. I think they they had eighty during the first round of the forty k GT, and they had like eighty eight, eighty nine for Age of Sigmar GT. Age of Sigmar GT was bigger, um, and the Age of Sigmar. The terrain is not the problem. Oh my goodness! It, it is beautiful because they get all these clubs. Like you know, people are coming from all over Texas mostly. Yeah. Um. So the guys from Houston bring their amazing terrain from San Antonio and Dallas, and and the guys come from El Paso too, and they bring their stuff from uh, the Desert Rat GT, and they're just bringing the pick of their stuff and and coming in and I'm talking about. I gotta find a picture of this. It's think like a, a two foot tall like uh floating island okay. that is like water falling blood all the way to the to the bottom and so like the blood is like the stand essentially keeping the island up in terms of like um real playability or like hey that that's what's keeping the island up there but essentially it's an island like a blood pooling down um and then pouring i think it's like pouring into skulls and then they have some smaller ones that are like that too effectively they're pillars but it just looks like the terrain they're they're bringing to it is just amazing and it's not like oh yeah that's a cool effect but it wasn't painted well no it looks great um you know it and so it's like that across the board we're like all these you know like oh you know here this club they're going to bring three tables and that club is going to bring four tables of terrain or people just bring one table of terrain like you can imagine like a hobby person really sitting down i'm going to make one awesome table of terrain like they're bringing stuff that's super themed it just looks great um and the the 40k stuff um is 
a lot more modular. It's essentially like three types of terrain. There's like Necron stuff that is, is not 100% optimized for, for 8th edition, um, but they're going to be doing a lot of upgrading. And then a lot of those, um, you know, foam cut hills where it's, you know, two layers of the, the one inch thick um, pink foam, um, you know, glued together um, and being and been cut um, to look like a hill, you know, with like um, notches in the, the edges. Yeah. You know, but you know, you stack them up good, and, and and I thought the the line of sight blocking was pretty well in it, and and didn't hear too many complaints. I have some some very critical people like uh, like Wyatt Turk over at uh, Jackal Club's painting, and and um, and and he wasn't too critical about it. I mean, there's some things of like, hey, the Necron stuff, like you're talking about, just like a pillar that's only like two inches wide. It's like that's it's not really great in 8th edition because it doesn't give you anything um, the way the, the terrain rules work for 8th. Um, so that kind of stuff is like, yeah, we get it. Like, you know, John and, and, and Adam Lyons over there at Knights of the Game Table, they're going to be upgrading that stuff um, pretty well. But uh, I think next year it's going to be great. And, and you know, we're, we're talking to see what we can do for that because... Um, I live here, so it makes it really easy for the studio. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, it's super handy. And so um, it's uh, makes it really good. So um, I think with that, uh, so what have you been doing recently on the on the hobby front? I know the the Nova Open was was recent, but anything else going on? I am, as we speak, putting the finishing touches up on three, six, nine, twelve. Um, Warhammer 40k Assassins. He uh, the client ordered <clears throat> three of each type. So, <laughs> and then he he requested that we make them all like a little bit different, which is really difficult to do on these new um, Games Workshop plastic clamshell sets because they're yeah, not designed. Yeah, because Yeah. Yeah, they're not designed to be you know have the arms cut so. Cutting the arms and repositioning them um, requires green stuffing and a little bit of extra TLC, we'll say. So, but I'm looking at them on my table right now, and they look fantastic. I'll take the photos of them tonight um, and probably have them posted up on our uh, Facebook and Instagram tomorrow, and then they'll be on their way to uh, their client. And I'm sure he will make somebody very unhappy when he plays his army and it's all assassins. <laughs> Yeah, that's going to be super annoying for. I mean, it. I don't know that it's going to be great. It'll just be annoying. It's like me playing of like when I came up. With I'm the sure Blood he'll Angels use it in conjunction idea. with something else. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's yeah. like when I came up with the Blood Angels idea of like, I don't think this is necessarily good, but it's not going to lose by a lot, and it's going to be really annoying to yeah. play against. And so, if I'm going to lose, you might as well like annoy the crap it's out of your opponent. A lot of stuff. <laughs> Yeah, and just be like, "Hey, I'm gonna, I'm gonna move up to the middle of the table and just be like really hard to kill, and just be like, well, good luck interacting with me. Um, you're probably <laughs> gonna win still, but it's not because you're really doing anything to what I'm doing. Which, um, like, to me, that's what it feels like a lot of time. The the assassins are. It's like I can't freaking shoot you because I only hit you on sixes, or you're you're." you're all individual models that are hiding everywhere and you're yeah. coming up right next to me and charging me and stuff like that because they have that, you know, pop up. Was it like a D six plus three inches away or something like that? Um, yeah. So. They have shenanigans. I, 
you know me well, man, between the uh, military and managing, you know, 22 artists and then doing painting on the side, I get to play very little. <laughs> Warhammer. Yeah. Uh, I've pretty much re relegated myself to the, the hobby aspect. And then whenever a client asks for, uh, you know, um, advice on his list or, hey, do you think this is, you know, viable? Or it's a good list. I always just copy paste their list into our studio chat group. And then I have another two chat groups that I uh, have access to that just bounce tournament list off each other. And I dump it in there and tell, tell people to rip it apart. And then I go back to the client and say, okay, this is what they said you should do. Um, and you know, sometimes that kind of hurts because uh, where it was going to be a lot of models and the studio would have made more money, it, it's a reduction in models. Um, but overall the general product is something that the client's going to be a lot happier with. Um, and then they're just, they're on, they're happy that we were honest with them. And, you know, we didn't try to upsell them, which, you know, I never do. It's like, Hey, this, this is probably a bad idea. Uh, it's the same thing when they're asking for certain color schemes or, you know, it, the, the colors that they're wanting are too busy. You know, I'll, I will always try to, uh, to help get them the best product possible. Oh, you so say you don't you don't like it when someone's like, I want red, green, and blue, and about equal proportions on a model. Like, you don't think that's going to be a, a great idea? <laughs> uh, no, usually I would uh, I would say uh, try to avoid that if at all possible. Or if if you absolutely have to have those three colors on every model in your army, then you need to give um, my team the artistic freedom uh, to make those colors somehow work together in conjunction with the bases and all the details that are on them. Um, but usually, I mean, that, you know, you mentioned earlier, like the communication thing is key. Uh, I, I think our response rate on our Facebook messenger is like within an hour, uh, for most messages, unless they come in while I'm sleeping. Uh, so, I mean, that's kind of unheard of that you get immediate attention when you're asking questions that way and emails are usually within a day or two depending on how long the uh how in how full the inbox is yeah and it's not even because we have the automated response that a lot of people have um yeah, because no, i don't know how no. to, i don't know how to turn it on i've tried twice already to do the audit do like hey you know you've reached you know Civtech studio you know we have high traffic we'll get back to you like i don't even know how to do that i've gotten it from other places that i've sent messages to on Facebook and yeah. and Facebook has sent me the thing of like hey do you want to turn automated stuff on I've tried it twice <laughs> maybe I'm just like I'm too old for the Facebooks you know <laughs> to be fair that. to everyone I was uh, an initial user so anyone that's trying to judge me right now about Facebook <laughs> uh, I got Facebook in um, the summer of 2005 using my harvard.edu email address so y'all can just suck it um, Did you have MySpace though? I did have MySpace, and I had um, oh man, it started with an X. There was like a oh, there was a there was a Japanese one that I was on too. That one of my no buddies and my and that that same time period when I joined Facebook uh, got me on. But yeah, my MySpace is up there somewhere, and and you can see it, and it's uh, it's depressing. Uh, because like I had one of the things, you know, where you, the custom background where it plays music and this, like the whole nine yards, when you like, go to my page it, 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 with my, you know, early two thousands hair, Oh man, haircut with the, 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 the gel with the spike in the front. Oh man. Oh yeah. 
Yeah, that, that so was me, cool. man. <laughs> yeah, so response rates are good from us. We won't leave you hanging. So, um, <clears throat> so the, the the assassins is what you're you know working on now, and then I know we did the the Necron army recently that I think is still up for sale. Nope, they're sold. Oh, uh, and they then... sold the same day that I put them up on Facebook. <laughs> <laughs> which is that's just the way it goes man <laughs> so anyway um yeah so i think that's it for now um thanks for for joining us wes so thank you everyone for listening uh be sure to check out stiff neck studio on facebook and instagram or at stiffneckstudio.com and we'll see you next time